Welcome back to another episode of The Call to Create. We are here in what is going to become one of Ben's premier contemporary event spaces. It will be called Open Space. Normally we're in the other side of the building, but that is currently being renovated in preparation for the Ben Film Fest. So today I get to sit down with Kim Cooper Findling, who is a, a journalist, an author, a memoirist, a, an, an educator, and also the owner of Dancing Moon Press, a small publication house. She has been, she's a fifth generation Oregonian. First published back in 2003, I think, was her first published work. She's an, or, an editor with Oregon Media Group. And the author of five books with a sixth coming out in the spring of 2020. So, Kim Cooper Findling. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And and I couldn't be. I've been trying to. We've been trying to put this together for a while now. So I couldn't be happier to have you here today. And we finally were able to pull this off. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> and I know I left out a lot of stuff. I have two pages of, of your <laughs> accomplishments. And one of the neatest touches, I think, is your latest book, The Sixth Storm you co-authored with your daughter Libby who's 14 now is that right yep so can we can we start there like sure I I just I find that as a as a dad as a dad of daughters as a quasi aspiring writer I am incredibly jealous of the fact that you were able to pull that off (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of amazing to me still that we pulled it off it's been Definitely the highlight of my career, which wow, that's, you know that's phenomenal. That's it, yeah. saying a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it felt like a bit of an accident, and at the same time, something that had to happen. The minute that that inspiration struck, I I knew that we would do this project, and yet it took four years and. Right. A lot of effort and (laughs) several plot twists to make it real. And Uh it was published earlier this year in March. And I think that since then, especially since things have sort of settled a bit, you Uh know, after the busyness of the launch and the experiences we've had together, you know, I just can't believe how rewarding it's been on so many levels. So, so many. I mean, I've been... Next year will be my 20th year as a professional writer. Uh, I actually started in 2000. Uh, and I was off by a few years. Well, I think you were referencing <laughs> something you read on my website, so completely accurate. But uh, so in my, you know, next year will be my 20th year as a professional okay. writer. And I never thought that I would even write fiction let alone have right. this opportunity to do something with my daughter. And, you know, writing is such a solo sport, too. You know, right. my whole career has been, you know, it's, you have to be incredibly right. self-motivated and it's isolating sometimes. And suddenly to have this little playmate right. And, right. <laughs> and, you know, muse and someone to bounce things off of. So that means when you guys started, she was only 10? She was 10. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear the story I, of how yeah, it all started? Yeah, I would love started? to hear the story. I mean, at, and again, my older daughter is 11. My younger daughter is 8. And again, I'm just, I'm so jealous at the thought of, God, how much fun that would be. But also I, ima- also I imagine it was really frustrating at times, too. But yeah, so how... How did it happen? How did that come about? So she, Libby is a very creative little soul. She's, she's always, from a young age, you know, she would write stories. She has countless journals that she would start writing in. And even more so, she's a verbal storyteller. And okay. she's the kind of kid who holds court at breakfast and tells <laughs> everyone her dreams that she had the night before. You know, just very creative mind. And I think that as a writer, I mean, my career grew up with my kids or vice versa. You know, I had okay. written about my kids a lot mm-hmm. and they, they're sort of integral to my career, you know, and I think that I started to see this 
creative storytelling in her, and yet didn't really ever seriously think about doing anything with that exactly besides encouraging her to do her own work. But one winter night, uh, there was this huge thunderstorm raging outside of her window and I was putting her to bed and and she, you know, age 10, as you said, mm-hmm. looked up at me and she said, Mom, what if the weather re- represented people changing? And wow. I just... You're like, a 10-year-old <laughs> just said that? Yeah. yeah, it sort of blew my head up and it definitely was that moment. I went downstairs and I wrote it down on a piece of paper, which I still have in my terrible handwriting. And I just thought, that's a story. Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. that is, is a story. You know, in all, in all stories, someone changes, right? And right, right. so what, what can we do with this, you know? And I had never written fiction. I right. had been a nonfiction writer my right, entire so most career. Of your books. All of your books, well, no, not all. Most of your books up to that point had been travel guides for Oregon. Yeah. Correct, yeah. So my first book was, a memoir, was well. a memoir, yeah. And then I'd been writing Oregon travel. So um, like a young adult novel or a novel where people change, that would be all new territory. It for was you. all new territory, yeah. And yet I just felt like we have to do this. Right. And I didn't even know what it was going to be. I mean, now we know it's a young adult novel. <laughs> right, But yes. at that point, it was... I'm sure you had it all planned out <laughs> start to finish. It was uncharted territory. Right. So we started sitting down together and um, brainstorming. You know, we started just with characters and setting, and we knew that there was going to be weather. <laughs> right. You know, and that's about it. Right. And so... Out of those early conversations, you know, we developed the the characters and the the setting of the Oregon coast was easy. Mm-hmm. That was a bit, perhaps, of a cheat. But what else do you do? I grew up on the Oregon coast. You know, <laughs> yeah. write what you know. Right. It was easy for me to write that setting, and as a travel writer too, it was easy for me to capture Oregon as a setting. That was right. the easy right. part. In fact, I overwrote the hell out of the setting and had to cut <laughs> a ton of it. Uh, anyway, and then I started um, writing. I would write a chapter. I would bring it back to her. She would critique it. So one chapter at a time, she would okay. respond. Okay. And we, we did that for, we spent a year just on that wow. first draft, going back and forth in that way. Uh, wow. And a second year editing. And was she... Was she all in on this idea? Were you having to push this forward or was she down with it she from the very beginning? She was all in, in a way that that kept me going. I right, mean, I right. don't know if I would have done something like this by myself. Right. She was, you know, had this eager reader excited to see what I would come up with. And, you know, some of it we'd already crafted in our minds a little bit. So she was excited. She had buy-in, you know, some of right. She had much more depth to her ideas than I even imagined she would. You know, I knew she had this creative mind, but she really brought a lot of emotion and depth to the characters and the things that happened. And she also helped in a really practical way in terms of doing things like telling me that I'd left a car somewhere behind and, you know, (laughs) where's the car? Where's the Honda? She's like, continuity, mom, continuity. Like, Yeah. Um, But it was very exploratory as a process, you know, much more so than any writing I'd done in a long time, which was actually really stimulating. I found it to be really challenging, but really stimulating and rewarding as well. I mean, I I felt like I had no idea what I was doing, (laughs) and yet I I did, you know. I I had um, actually sort of, without even really paying attention, I'd sort of started studying fiction and plot over uh, the prior 10 years. That's kind of a, a side story. I don't know, I'm digressing here, but. Um, no, no, digress away. It sounds like, it sounds like you've always been a lifelong reader. Yeah. And yeah. so is yeah. that 
kind of the research you were doing was just yeah, reading. But more specifically, when I started writing, um, as we discussed, nonfiction, I would say like within the first, I don't know, maybe eight, eight or ten years into my career, I started teaching okay. nonfiction, and I did a lot of teaching at writing conferences. Okay. And um, in the beginning, I went to those writers' conferences as a learner and went to all the sessions on nonfiction okay. and magazine writing and learned everything I could. But then eventually, here I am teaching at these writing conferences. And in between my teaching sessions, I don't want to go to more nonfiction workshops because I've done right. that. And so right. I just started kind of showing up in the back row in some of the fiction <laughs> and, and also screenwriting workshops and I didn't it wasn't purposeful right I never thought I would do anything with that but I kind of loved it too you know I kept okay. going back and I and I loved plot mm -hmm. I mean we I think plot is sort of in our souls because we've been fed and enjoyed stories since we were tiny right right and so I think that plot the plot, the elements of plot are kind of already within us, and but once you start to study it and recognize certain techniques, you know, I kind of geeked out on that a lot. Right. Yeah. And this was also when my kids were really little, and so I was, what do you do with kids? You know, you take them to Disney films Disney, and yeah. Pixar. Story time at the library. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I found myself. <laughs> in theaters with them analyzing the plot in children's film in oh, in okay. animated film just as something kind of to do with right, my brain right, and right. The, you know none of it i ever imagined was going anywhere besides just that it was interesting to me and it kind of occupied my time i mean i love taking the girls sure. to, to movies yeah, but like your brain, down, can, but your brain can start to melt after a while yeah and suddenly like, i'm yeah. like oh call to action and they're rising <laughs> rising action and lots of key allies and i'm identifying all of these plot points mm -hmm. and so you know later when libby and i sat down and actually started writing a novel all of that was already kind of in my head, you know, which was oh, that's great. That's was cool. cool. I even yeah. had some some tools that I'd gathered, you know, and tucked away in terms mm -hmm. of creating plot and um, and yet still, I mean, talk about really like not knowing what I was doing. I mean, I didn't really even know I was writing a mystery that we were writing a mystery. <laughs> until well into the story. Okay. However, mystery has always been my favorite genre, so it's not a surprise at all okay. that it ended up being a mystery. Is your, it sounds like your, at least on the novel side of things, like you're very tuned into like Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and that is, that is structure. I think those are all things I absorbed in those writing conferences right. that I yeah, was yeah, yeah. accidentally yeah. attending. Yeah, for sure. Did you, was that a, an overt thing you were, you were trying to use as structure for the book or were you, was that just sort of in the back of your brain as you're writing? Yeah, it I think found its way. a lot of that, the material that I had absorbed was right. just sort of in there, you know? Okay. I mean, I make it sound like it just manifested, which is not, not exactly <laughs> right. what just happened. The words I mean, it just flowed on the page. A lot of work. Right, yes. And, the, we, Libby and I, we've done a lot of presentations this year to schools and to yeah. bookstores. And one of the things that we've asked the kids in the classrooms is, do you know what the difference between a pantser and a plotter is? <laughs> and a pantser is someone who just flies by the seat of their pants. Okay. A plotter right. wants to know everything, you know, really have it outlined in advance and know what they're doing. And we were 100% pantsers. And the, the thing that <laughs> I tell the kids is when you're a pantser, that's great, but there's tons of editing because usually right. you end up with a lot of material that, you know, because you're just experimenting. And right. so we did... We did a lot of editing. I ended right. up cutting about a third of what we 
Wow. Written. What's the final, I mean, just randomly, but what's the final word count? Word count, I think it's 65. 60,070, okay. Maybe not that many, though. I should okay. know that, but yeah. So you cut a lot. I cut a lot. <laughs> and, and to a good end. I mean, it needed to be cut, <laughs> right, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Libby was... You know, she, we had some conflict. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be more actively involved in the writing. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit controlling about that. And, but ultimately, you know, I think there's uh, no way this book would have happened without her. Right. It's just, she's a, she was 100% the co-author. You know, she had wow. some like, mom, I, I don't know if I'm really the co-author. I'm like, you're the co-author. I mean, she did character development and plot development, right. and, you know. So anyway, and weirdly, now I can say I published a novel. <laughs> You're like, how did that <laughs> happen, that right? Happened. Right? So is, and now is Libby, like, is she working on her own projects or what? what's she up to now? Yeah. Did this like spark something spark or? Her. Was it a one-off, or do we not know yet? <laughs> I don't know if we know yet. I mean, right. she's a very, very creative person, and she definitely is a solid writer. Mm -hmm. um, but she's also really creative in a lot of other ways. She's done a ton of theater. She's right. been in, I think, 18 plays or something now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, she's been on a roll yeah. for years then. And she's also very musical. She's Jeez. playing. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah. 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 Both of my daughters are really creative. And Now, how old is your other daughter? Maris is 12. 12. Okay. Okay, so they're not that far apart. No. And is she, you know, do you try to find that same common ground with her do you are you guys gonna try and work on a project together like or is she just not at all interested that's, that's an excellent question and it has been a thing to navigate right. honestly because you know she's <clears throat> this huge thing happened with Libby and I you know yeah. and she's been the observer and she's right. been very gracious you know but uh, yeah I mean she did actually want to do a book with me um, Probably right after this one was published, and you're just like, "Give me some time. Yeah, <laughs> give me, yeah. give me a little window to breathe here." Yeah, yeah, it was that, and she's a really different kid. Right. And she and I don't have the same kind of relationship that Libby and I have. I mean, we have an, a, a separate, amazing relationship. But I mean, I think that this thing that happened with Libby really was very unique. I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of parents have said to me, oh my gosh, I really wish, you know, I just, I can't imagine. Sure. I would love to do something like that with my child. And I mean, I, you know, I try to, you know, parenting is, is tough, right? <laughs> and I mean, just, anyone, just a little bit, just a little bit. And anyone who is a parent of more than one child knows that they're right. really, really different kids. And right. Maris is yes. incredibly creative, but she's also way more self-actualized mm. and very much, you know, like we started a project and she basically was like, give me that laptop, mom, and go away. <laughs> you know, and it was like. <laughs> That's awesome. You're like, okay, this is different. Yeah. yeah. Like so I've tried to re-channel you know, a bit. She's a very talented artist, a visual artist. And um, now that we own a book publishing company, we've talked about publishing a, a book with her art in it. And mm -hmm. she's got some ideas about how to do that in, in a way that maybe some of the proceeds go to a charity of her choice or something. Uh, so that's I, a cool we've, idea. yeah, we've kind of, yeah. you know, I'm trying to find a, a different way to collaborate right. with her that will be successful. Right, right. And play to her strengths and the things exactly. that she loves to do anyway. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So it's TBD, stay right. tuned. Right. <laughs> stay tuned on that and one. Can you imagine, I mean, would you ever have imagined, you know, back up to when you first started writing, like, could you ever have imagined that you're like, 
I'm going to own a book publishing company one day and I'm going to write a novel with my daughter. Like, Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, having the opportunity to do, to have a conversation like this with you is reflective. You know, it's made me think about right. how did this all start? And I mean, amazing things have happened that I never would have seen coming for right. sure. And I think that possibly the sole reason all of these amazing plot twists happened is just that I apparently have been incredibly determined to never stop doing this crazy writing thing, you know? Okay. Okay, well that then that that takes me into that topic of like when did you know or how did you know or did you know that you were like, this is what I want to do. This is the thing I want to spend my life doing. Yeah, yeah. Was, that, was there a moment or was it just one thing led to another and then years later you're like, oh, I'm a writer. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of all of that, but I'm going to go back in time and I mean, I didn't, I wasn't like the kid who knew I was going to be a writer. You know, I didn't right. I didn't know that at an early age. I was a very practical child. I was a very okay. very good student and you know, as a student, educators and my parents, you know, were basically the message was you can do whatever you want. You should be a lawyer or you know, you should right, right. be a <clears throat> a doctor or, you know, it wasn't like you can do whatever you want, go be a creative person. Right. You know, and I'm not faulting any of them because they all had really good intentions, right? No one was, no one had bad intentions with that. But I mean, I also just was very serious and I, I, uh, I enjoyed writing, but I went and got a college degree in psychology, right. sort of some loose ideas that I might I didn't really know what I what I was going to do with that, honestly. You know, it's like <laughs> when I got out of that, when I finished that college degree, I realized that basically the only job I could get with that degree was working like the midnight to seven a.m. shift at uh, some like challenged girls program or something. Right, you know, right, it, right. it was really depressing. And then I went and waited tables for a while and I still thought well maybe I'll go get a master's degree in social work or do something with that psych degree you know but right but instead I sort of trended towards education both of my parents were educators and I got a I went and got a master's degree in natural resource education oh wow um which was kind of a strange choice but <laughs> <laughs> my dad taught forestry so it was I think I had these vague notions that I would you know I love the outdoors I've been in Oregon my whole life you know I'm going to become an educator and I did that I actually worked at the High Desert Museum in the education program um, and I I created a curriculum for kids on the high desert that as part of my master's degree program anyway um the point being like what i loved finally at like the age of 29 the light bulb comes on and i'm like oh well what i loved about my master's degree was writing and what i loved about my oh, master's degree classes was the writing and actually if you think about it you know even back in my undergrad days i would I think the first essay, like personal essay, is still my favorite form. And I think the first personal essay, the first like piece of writing I did just for myself as an adult was like my freshman year in college, you know? And so suddenly I had this awakening of sorts of like, all right, lady, you're about to turn 30 and guess what? This is really what you want to do. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's a huge, that's a huge realization, especially for someone. It sounds like you're like, okay, I got a psych degree. Yeah, I, I don't really want to work in psychology. Like, right. okay, I've got my master's in, what was it? Natural resource natural education. Natural resource education. Like, but I'm not really into that as a field either. And to then kind of go, oh, wait. Yeah. 
oh, this putting is... words on paper is what I've loved all along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved developing that curriculum, but I didn't really want to be in a room full of kids. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was all of that, you know, that led me to that. And so the year I turned 30, I quit my job at the museum, and that's when I went to the first writing conference to okay. try to learn how to, to do okay. this do this thing. And was travel writing your first go-to instinct, or was it like, I can get paid to write if I do this? It was magazine journalism in right. general is basically what I started um, trying to break into. Okay. So pitching to magazines to try to get articles, uh, to get an article assignment, you know, but then also, submitting essays because I that is like one of the earliest forms mm. and still my favorite um, so I submitted I think that 2003 date you pulled off my website is the first um, essay that I had published which was in runner's world uh, yeah which okay. was super yeah. super fun but I'd actually been doing some writing I interned at the source Mm -hmm. weekly and I'd started writing for the bulletin and a few other magazines before that just sort of like picking away at, at building and right. then the travel writing just actually became sort of a natural evolution of all of that it was right. because I'd been in Oregon my whole life because I loved <laughs> traveling around Oregon because I knew the state really well I could I could come up with the ideas to pitch to the magazines and then started having success in that selling these ideas and writing these stories and then it just that snowballed that became sort of an accidental uh career direction okay. which i'm delighted by but right, you know right. really that was sort of just oh i didn't really see that coming <laughs> <laughs> so you knew you were like writing is the direction you're going to pursue but how that how that shaped itself was something you had no idea it was going to do. For sure. Yeah. 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 And the memoir that was published in 2011 was, um, it's really uh, more of a essay compila compilation than it is. Um, yeah. It's, it's a bunch of essays that I'd kind of written that ended right. up being a coming of age story. Right. So, yeah. Right. So. <laughs> and And then, as you said, like, then you just wouldn't stop. You're like, I'm just not going to stop. Right. Well, this. so in that whole, oh, doesn't that sound nice? You know, there was a lot of crying and struggle and failure. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, there was, you know, like the one, the, I think that early in that first decade, you know, I, every couple months, I think I would just fall down the drain you know like oh i'm never gonna get another assignment and right, you know right. just the self-doubt and the fact that there's so much rejection in right. writing you know you can submit all day long and maybe get all day long rejections you know there's just a lot it's right. very competitive and i think that you know, I would have a success and then immediately, you know, you're like, where's the next one? Where's the next one? Right. Especially freelancing. I mean, you're constantly looking for the next thing. And I would just go down in flames, <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God, right. this is never going to work. And what was I thinking? And I'm going to have to go get a job. And, you know, and, but each time I would somehow not quit, you know, I right. mean, it's like you... I, because I, th I think I wanted it, you know, I wanted it really badly. And right. that actually didn't stop happening. I mean, I still, I had, I still have those times even mm. this far along. And two years ago, 2017 was a really bad year. I just, I yeah. faced a lot of failure and personal challenges and I, mean, I lost the magazine job that I loved and I was just experiencing a ton of challenges and I really thought oh well maybe that's it maybe that's the end of the run mm -hmm. on this career you know and then somehow like since then all of these other things happened again because I guess I didn't just stop stop doing wow, right. it. Uh, <laughs> And that was 2017, you said? Yeah. So, I mean, you had been a professional writer for 
how long at that point? 17 years. Wow. Yeah, and I... You're like, oh, maybe this runs over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that any creative person, I think, has these moments where you're just like, well, uh, yeah, everything's going terribly and, <sighs> you know... I mean, even in that first decade, what I really wanted to do was publish a book. You know, that's what writers do, right? Right, you know, you're, right, right. The magazine stuff was going well, and I was stoked, but I really wanted to publish a book. And that took 11 years. It was 11 wow. years before my first book was published. And, and, you know, it's easy to say that now and just be like, oh, it took 11 years. But it was <laughs> 11. Right. I mean, maybe the first three I wasn't <laughs> agonizing over right. it, but eventually I was. And my first book, the, the first book I wrote was a complete failure. I ended up setting the whole manuscript on fire. And, <laughs> you know, so I actually uh, taught a workshop at a writing conference a couple of years ago that was called Congratulations, You Failed. And it was right. about the importance of failure in a creative career you know that or maybe just in life I don't know you know but that you have to go through these like super lows and if you if you're not failing you haven't been experimenting right, right? right. but still in the heart in the heat of the failure it's agonizing and right. demoralizing and just painful I mean just yeah yeah probably scary as well I mean like in that period of time you had you had a family you had kids right. and I'm sure you're thinking how is this how is this gonna play out like how am I gonna contribute or help support the household and right. all of that yeah 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 you know I think there's always been that sort of sense of am I going to have to give this all up and go get some terrible PR job or, you know, and I mean, the, I think that the, the test of that really was the last five years, a lot of, a lot of things happened that could have derailed me right. completely in, you know, including divorce and losing that magazine job and going through mm. a lot of things that, you know, I thought, okay, well, this could derail me, but instead it seems that I'm willing to work like three jobs to maintain <laughs> this career. You know, I'm actually right. at this stage now where I'm like, I'm too, I'm too busy, but I'm still willing to do it. You know, I'm not willing to stop doing it. And I think after 20 years, I've accepted that. And the thing with Libby too, like that book made me understand I've never thought of myself as a competitive person. I hate competition. It stresses me out. I'm not, I'm not a sports person, you know, right. like, and, and yet when it comes to this, I mean, per, perhaps it's a different kind of competition. It's more right. like competition with myself or, um, but I, I'm really apparently slightly <laughs> obsessively There's determined. A, a wee bit, <laughs> just a wee bit of competitive streak in there about, that particular field, right, or that your your skill. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you can call it, I guess competition. But it's definitely like I'm not gonna give Just it determination. up. Determination. Yeah, I guess. Wow. That good student in me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I will get an A. <laughs> I will get an A. You can't stop me. <laughs> it's not too late. Wow. I, I'm, I love, I mean, it's great to hear you speak so honestly about how hard that is because that's the part that people gloss over, right? They're yeah. like, they're like, oh, you know, I worked for 10 years to get that first thing done or yeah, yeah. everyone yeah. sort of makes it sound like, you know, oh, you know, it, it took time, but I always knew. Right. And in fact, you don't, you're like, oh God. I have a family to support. I have children. I right, and nothing's happening right now. Yeah, and there are those moments for sure, and you just have to kind of. Lose is it, I mean, you said you have this rock hard determination, but is that does does that come from just the love of writing, or is it? I mean, I'm sure it's That's also tied into like. You're like, I can't fail. Like, I have to make this work. 
because I need to support my kids. And so why do I have to make it work, though? It's not just the uh, supporting the kids, because I mean, my, I have a day job in media. I'm right. lucky because I am working in writing, but you know, that is, is sustenance. Um, you know, I think that if I get down to like, why do I need to keep doing this? It's really more about, about my own need to create. You know, and I said that personal essay is my favorite form, uh -huh. you know, and that really, and, and, and or memoir or narrative nonfiction, I mean, there's a lot of terminology for that, but it's, it's taking your own life experience and interpreting it in a way that resonates with other people, you know, it's mm. amplifying. Right. And <clears throat> that I love so much. Okay. And it's, I'm a very introverted person, actually. You know, I think that's part of the whole why it didn't work for me to be an educator, really, is that I really would rather just be home alone, and which is what <laughs> writers do, you know. Uh, right. but, but that form of narrative nonfiction of, like, interpreting your own life is sort of one of my methods of, of communicating, I guess, or connecting, hmm. I should say, with, with other people. And... I mean, fiction became that as well, and even the travel writing. I mean, it's all just a form of, of creating connection, and I think right. that might be the thing that I need the most out of this, possibly. Uh, well, and that's an interesting thing to hear a writer say, because it is such a solitary activity, that you're like, no, connection is the key. Yeah. So it's, the process is solitary, I guess, but then the, it's that finished product that you put out in the world and that's your, that's your connection. Yeah. Well, and that's the key to it, to me too, for not, um, I mean, when that, when that thing goes out into the world, you know, that's when suddenly you're vulnerable as hell, you know, right. like here comes critique or whatever, rejection, right, you know, right. you, it's very, especially if you write personal things, which I have, you know, it's, it's very vulnerable. But for me, I've never needed the bestseller or the whole world to love what I've done. You know, for me, it's the individual connection that I get people who come to me and say, you know, that really resonated with me or, you know, this, mm -hmm. this reminded me of my own life or, you know, mm -hmm. it's those individual moments that matter way more to me than how much money I make or how many right, books I right. sell or, you know, so. That's neat. That's, it's, it's neat to hear you talk about just how profoundly important it is to you to do this, like regardless, it sounds like, of, of success or financial ups or downs or whatever, you're like, I have to do this. Yeah. 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 Even with the crying. <laughs> you're like, I have to do this. You're like, yeah. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> So, with that, I mean, with that, with that drive, with that passion, where do you, where do you see it going from here? Like, what's, what's your next? That's a good question. Uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, so the, Asking the for ideas. you know, as you mentioned, the, I bought a book publishing company last right, year. Yes, yes. That so a, that's, that's that one thing you're doing, so small the, side the, project. And the way that happened actually was 100% out of the process of writing the book with Libby, which is... Because well, it's based at the coast, right? It's based so at the coast, yeah. traveling to the coast, I would imagine. We were traveling to the coast, but in that third year of the process of Libby and I and our book, we, we started trying to sell it. So we were pitching it to agents and publishers and we, okay. uh, we went to writing conferences and we pitched it, you know, through the slush pile and all the ways that you try to sell a novel and it, and nothing was happening. And I was 
again, you know, with that, this was 2017. I mean, this was the, right. the bad year, but right. I was, you know, it's just so demoralizing. But I wasn't willing to give up on that book, especially because of Libby. Right. You know, I wasn't going to just shelve it. Like, it was going to become real. Kind of, I mean, I would imagine that would break her heart and yours if you're like, yeah, sorry, honey, like, no one wants that, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, Never mind. We'll yeah, just, we're just going to throw it away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine you're like, no, this this has to get out there. Right, but I also wasn't totally willing to just self-publish it. Right. Although I had self-published before that was in the travel realm, and I felt like that worked really well, but oh. in this case I didn't want to. and. Right. So I started looking for alternate options, and I found this small, independent, hybrid book publishing company on the Oregon coast, and I thought, oh, that's perfect. I mean, it's, it's based at the coast, so, you know, our book's coast. And I reached out to the owner, and she was excited about the idea of working with us, uh, but I was still kind of dragging my feet. You know, another eight months went by of me waiting on other publishers to get back right. to me and whatnot. Uh, there were a couple right. people reading the manuscript, and... So anyway, finally, I we were in Newport where she was, and I thought, well, we might as well meet her. And so Libby and I right. sat down and had had coffee with her. And within like the first ten minutes of our meeting, she said, the woman who owned the company said, I'm still excited to work with you, but I'm retiring, and the press is either going to go away or someone else is going to take it on. Do you want it? <laughs> and you're like, what now? And Libby, I'm sorry, what? Libby said, yes, we'll take it. I was like, yeah. I love it. Libby's like, yeah, sure. Right? Sign us up. Yeah. We'll take it on. Yeah, it didn't happen Like, let's quite not that just publish quickly, a book. But, let's right. also buy a book publisher. Like, wait, hold it. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then that's what happened. So it was wow. crazy. So Libby did the deal. Libby did the deal. No, it, it didn't happen quite that quickly. But Libby was definitely like, yeah, Mom, of course we're doing that, you know. <laughs> you're like, ah, really? No problem. Yeah, yeah in, all my, in all your free time, you can run yeah. a book publishing company, too. Yeah, that's... Right. That's the too busy. You know, I went from, like, oh, my career's over, crying and, you know, and... Com feeling sorry for myself to suddenly like, all right, because right after that, I also got another book deal. So the, oh. we, I, or which order did that go in? I got a book deal and then we bought the press. And, you know, after the magazine job that went down the drain is when I, I got another job. So suddenly I had a lot going on. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I said to my husband last night, just talking about this conversation I was going to have with you, you know, now I'm at the other end of the creative life spectrum where it's like, I'm too busy. And you never want to complain to the universe. Like, I don't want to sound ungrateful. Right. Like, thank you for all of these things. Right. But uh, I just signed another book contract last week. And so, I'm like, ah. So you went from like 2017, you're like, no one wants me. I've, right. got, no, I've got no work. Like, there's nothing to do to 2019. And you're like... Oh my God, there's just way too much to do and, and my head's gonna explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it is all so awesome, you know, but it's, it's also, it's really hard to be truly creative when you're too busy. Right. You know, so these days I kind of dream of, <laughs> where's that gap? I mean, I would love to write another book with Libby or even yeah. just, do more essay writing, you know, and it's, you got to carve out space for that. It yeah. can't, you really can't. I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I can write on deadline, you know, I can do that. Sure, yeah. But <clears throat> creative, truly creative writing is really hard to do right. when you've got the balls in the air. Right, right. So with the, the, with the publishing company, are are you are you? Um, I'm assuming you are not a one woman show. I'm assuming there is a staff and more than just you th juggling all these balls. Yeah, there is a staff of 
Well, there's my husband. <laughs> Thank God. Right. Yeah, and actually, he we, wants to be on staff or not. <laughs> when, when we bought the the company, I don't think that we really thought he would be involved. It's not really in his wheelhouse, but um, it became quickly apparent that actually a lot of it is in his wheelhouse. I mean, there's a lot to running a book publishing company beyond being a writer. I mean, obviously, right. it's a business, and there's a lot of behind the scenes and design considerations. I'm assuming and he is not a creative writer or... He's not, no. He's he is been, on the business side. He is, yeah. And he's also, um, he's doing a lot of the the digital software design work and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Typesetting actually turns out to be a very precise skill that I do not have. <laughs> like funny. Yeah, we actually, his role has grown a lot, thankfully. I mean, we wow. just made some changes in our lives to free up some of his time and so that he's becoming more actively involved and it's taken a lot of the load off of me. And then we also contract out a lot of things, design mm -hmm. and Right. And editing, and you know, there's a lot that can just be contracted out. Do you guys out. do? Do you do the? And this is just out of my personal curiosity. Do you do all the like book jacket or book cover designs as well? So we've do done some of it. We mostly we contract like, that do out. Do you try to use local local designers and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. That's we've neat. worked that's, with. A, I mean, that's got to be fun too. Like. You get to pull in other creatives who work totally. in completely different fields. Yeah, yeah. And yet you're all working to make this thing come alive. Uh huh. I have a. I had actually hired a developmental editor to help me with the Sixth Storm, and I've been hiring her. So that's been fun. You oh, know, cool. like she didn't know all this other work was coming too, but she's a pro. <laughs> like you're way better at that than me. You know, please do this. And right. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been well, it's becoming fun. <laughs> if I'm honest, I mean, so October. Well, this is Oct we're in October now. Yeah, it's a yes, year we are, since yes. we bought. Yes, we are. Since we bought the press, and I think the first six months there was crying. Right, right <laughs> back, back to, to crying. crying. You're just like, yeah. you're like what, what? Was I, what was I thinking? You're like Libby, you're gonna run this, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is becoming fun. I mean, I. I was looking for, I think, another way to mentor, you know, which in a way is what okay. this is. It's helping, you know, helping authors or right. writers become authors or, you know, to grow their own careers. And, mm -hmm. um, and I really enjoy that. I mean, at this point, I feel like right. I have some stuff to give back. You know, I have some knowledge to share right. and... So that piece of it is is uh, easily accomplished through the press, you know, wow. helping helping other people. And you guys have a, a schedule for like how many books you're gonna have coming out in the next year? Or? We have. <laughs> like you're, you're like. <sighs> yeah, that, that was a sigh. We have well, about eight books in in progress right now. Eight. Eight. Eight books. Okay, so yeah, just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> yeah. And is that is that kind of ramped up from what it was before? Is this is it is it growing? Like are you expanding? I sort feel of? like it's it's hard to say. I mean in the first year of anything, you know, I don't know. I, but it's definitely steady. Yeah. It's 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 steady. Yeah. It sounds a little more than steady. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, as you're like over there, sort of twitching and shaking. Where's my clone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's helped a lot to have Todd step in for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's just a, a big picture creative life thing too. Like you really can't do it alone. I mean, I've had, yeah. I've had the support of a lot of people. Yeah. In, yeah. In my career, you know. I mean, I look at this, the folks we have here for the podcast, like. Right. I tried to do this by myself <laughs> before, and my mm -hmm. head almost exploded. And yeah. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this again, I need 
other people to help me and then what right. I realize what I realize is it's not just help like they bring things to the table totally. that I would never have thought of or or conceived of and instantly I, I became convinced I was like oh yes the only way for this to ever succeed is with collaboration with other people right right yeah, yeah for sure yeah Sure. So, I, I, is that is that one of the pieces that really makes it you know as you said it's starting to get exciting it's starting to get fun like working with so many cool creative yeah. interesting people yeah that's the that's the thing the juice that keeps it or makes it fun for sure I mean I think in all of I mean, my, my day job in media, working in magazines, you know, I've been doing that work for a long time now. And mm -hmm. so I've worked with a lot of designers and, you know, copy editors. And I mean, I'm, we're all, I think that it's really fun to be able to lean on each other, right. you know, and to see what other people come up with. And, you know, to, right. because you, those skills are all really different, mm -hmm. you know, and... I just got back the the edited manuscript of the book on the Oregon coast that I finished in August, right. and they had a copy editor go through it, and I was, you know, the best, thank God for copy editors. <laughs> you know, it's just you need all of the, these people to right. make it really come together. And you're like way better someone who is actually good at that does it than you trying to do it yourself. For or, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get to a point where you can't right. see your own work. Right, you know, you right. really can't. It's have seen it too many times. And I like what you said too about when you were working with Libby on the sixth storm. Sixth storm, that you're like it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have. Right. You wouldn't have seen it through if she hadn't been there to work with you. Completely keep you excited about. Completely. it. Completely. Yeah. That's that's incredible. That's cool. Yeah. I know. I I really do want to do another book with her. You know, it's like she just started high school, and I don't know. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Big changes in her life yeah. right now, too, which means big changes in your life, too. Yeah. That, that ripples across the whole family, right? Yeah, for sure. It's busy. High school's busy. Yeah. <laughs> Has it been has it been hard? You know, you said your husband has started to play a bigger role in the publishing company. Has that been like was that difficult territory for you guys to navigate or did that just happen smoothly and fluidly or a bit of both or Somebody said to me, a colleague months ago, you know, be careful, what are you doing? Like don't try to run a business with your spouse, right. you know. Um but so far, it's been really rewarding. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we really complement each other really well. I mean, not just in marriage, but in the business. And right. I, you know, it's something that I never thought we would do. Like I said, right. when we bought it, it was my thing, you know. And, um, but he's really patient. And I am not. <laughs> so he brings this sort of like problem solving. Okay. To kind the, of a grounding. Like. Huh, yeah. And so far, I mean, he's remarkably willing to let me tell him what to do. <laughs> That's awesome. I just feel. You're like, you know, it, you're like, it works out great. I tell him what to do and he does it. <laughs> I know it sounds like a cliche, right. doesn't it? But it's been, I've been just so grateful, honestly, that for his help and his expertise and willing to learn in this field that he hasn't had any experience in. You know, we've gone to these writing conferences and set up our little table and talked book, book publishing with people, you know, and he's, he's just rolling with it. And he loves to learn new things, so he's That's cool. well That's suited great. for, I mean, he's had lots of different careers because he's a lover of learning and new right. things and perfecting new systems, whereas, you know, like I have this one, one skill, really. <laughs> like, I got one trick. That's all I got. Yeah, so like I said, I mean, it was sort of surprising to find out that a lot of it is well suited for him. And wow. again, you know, with the collaboration and the 
gratitude and I'm just like what if he hadn't been that guy what would I be doing right now <laughs> you're like <laughs> like it would have all oh fallen God, apart at this, this point company and was it some kind of ego move I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> like what like was I just delusional when this happened like what yeah so I've been you know I head off for the day job in the in the morning and I'm like Whatever you do, I trust you. It's going to be great. Thank you. See you later. You're like, and I'm out. <laughs> and I'm out. I'll be the face. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> that. So, so then I guess the question is, you know, you've got eight books, eight books in process right now. All of those coming out, like, in 2020, I'm guessing? Yeah, probably. <clears throat> and it sounds like, and you have a new book coming out in 2020. The That's the Oregon Coast that's one. That's the Oregon yeah. Coast one, Comes right? out in the spring. Yeah. I mean, I would like to get back to more cr- creative. That's a strange word. What more of my own writing, I guess, you know, more of the essays, you okay. know, you okay. mentioned you read an essay of mine recently. Yeah. Yeah. It's really where my heart is, I think, is in that, you know, it's finding yeah. the time to. Well, there was, um, there was so much heart. It's, I mean, that's the perfect word for it. There was so much heart and, and just really passion and honesty in that essay. Like, having you're for for those of you guys watching like this was an essay about grief but you described it as an ode to grief and while the sources of my loss the sources of my grief have been different it still it resonated deeply with me and it just it truly it, it really was an ode to grief it wasn't it wasn't a statement about how how you know how grief sucks or how much that pain hurts it was like yes it hurts and yes it's it sucks and yes it's brutal but you find your way through it yeah and it's necessary and it's it leads you to to more connection and more love with the people that you that you have yeah yeah i I've called that essay the the essay that took me 15 years to write. Right. And I I really believe that. I mean that experience so the the essay is about the birth and death of my first child and that experience was actually what I wrote my first memoir about which is that manuscript that I told the you I you set burned. on fire. Yeah, and it would just turned out I mean it was eating me alive in 900 right. ways. I mean trying to write about such a powerful experience wow, and right. also having my writer's identity tied up in that like, being successful you know it just became uh, suck fast oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know that experience still has worked its way into my writing mm-hmm. and that essay I mean I think think about all of the times I tried to write about that experience or even thought about it and just couldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole or do it well or do it justice and then like one day I just sat down and wrote that essay uh, in a couple hours maybe even you know like just drafted it and I think of that as such a well a a gift of having this long of a writing career but also just the way it works like you can some things you have to sit on for 15 years before you can turn it into a piece of writing that's worth something you know i guess it's and that plays back into the persistence game i guess of you know, giving yourself the patience of like, oh, this isn't working. I mean, this, I can't do this right now. This, I'm failing, this isn't working, you know, but, but then someday it will maybe just come right out in two hours, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And that piece of writing is one of the things I'm most proud of, honestly, you know? Right. I mean, I feel 
good about it. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> yeah. There's a, and there's a lot of, actually, there's a lot of grief in the book Libby and I wrote, too, interestingly. I was going to say, the theme carries through, for sure. I mean, that's a book all about family loss. Yeah. Yeah, and, and which, again, times, like, I didn't sit down and say, oh, I'm going to write a book about grief with Libby or whatever, right, you know, yeah. but the experiences of your life, you know, resonate and come through and in ways you don't expect. You know, I thought that I'd failed by that first book not working. Right. But ultimately, this experience and the same kinds of themes turned up in unexpected hmm. places. Right. So... And yeah, with no, like you said, it's not like you weren't, it's not like you intended to pull out those themes in like the book you wrote with Libby or right. anything, but, but yet that comes through. Right. Well, it's something I know about. that's just persistence, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's because you just kept writing all these years, yeah? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there were periods when, I would imagine there were periods when you're writing articles for magazines or stuff, where you're thinking, this is not what I want to be doing. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, there's the, I'm always grateful that I have this, the ability to, you know, write for a, for a living, but there's definitely like things that just need to get written. You know, there's writing for money and, you know, and then there's, the, yeah. then there's other things that rise to the top is like, oh, I feel really good about that, you know. What I, the other thing I loved about that essay was that was that it resonated with me so deeply. Even though you know, I have not lost a child, but I've had loss in my life. And just the theme, just the theme of <clears throat> how grief plays such a vital role in your life after something like that. Yeah. How it lives on. Yes, yeah. Changes you. And you said repeatedly, you, you, you thought, you kept saying to yourself, like, I should be over this by now. Everyone tells me I should be over this by now. But you've obviously come to a place where you're like, no, you, ne you, this, huh, you never will be over this. Yeah. It will always be a part of you because it led you to become you know, or at least became part of who you are. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's I, part of why that essay felt so good to finally have it come out in the way that I wanted to say what I wanted to say, you know, because of having those experiences of people saying, oh, why aren't you over this? Or, you know, or putting that pressure on yourself. Like, why is this still a right. thing, you know? And to be able to interpret that and... yeah have other people say, oh, I get it, or I feel that way too, you know, that's yeah, that's a pretty awesome experience. Wow. Yeah. Um, where, where would you say is the best place for people to find you online and, and to get connected with you or say hi to you? Yeah, yeah, in, well. In the interwebs? In the interwebs, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a Kim Cooper Findling dot com website and the dancingmoonpress.com website as well okay. um facebook you on instagram instagram or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it all i kim do cooper findling it's yeah kim c findling i think on instagram okay um i do a lot of my travel travel postings there you know when i'm out and about try to post photos and mm -hmm. fun stuff mm -hmm. so around oregon so Yes, I'm often jealous of your Instagram photos. You're like, oh, look, here we are. You're just at, uh, you're up at Timberline, Timberline Lodge. Lodge last yeah. week. Yeah, that was, was like, awesome. That looks awesome. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that's not, that doesn't suck. Right? <laughs> that doesn't suck. No. We're going to the coast this weekend, so. Oh, wow. And that's where you're, I mean, it seems that your heart is kind of at the My coast. My heart is definitely at the coast, yeah. yeah. I grew up there, and I think... Maybe I'll end up back over there eventually. Yeah. We'll see. Hmm. It's my favorite spot for sure. Well, I'm really glad we finally were able to do this. And like I said, I definitely want to get you and Libby on the show next time. And maybe we'll make it an entire family thing, it sounds like. Yeah, really. <laughs> sounds like we could have a huge <laughs> yeah. conversation about what it's like to run a press. and. 
Yeah, so there's yeah. all sorts of stuff. The plot <laughs> continues. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for watching. Um, if you would, please subscribe to the show. Click the like button. Check us out on social media. Check Kim out on social media. And uh, once again, thanks for coming along. <laughs>